Shapeshifters on The Money Show. About six months ago, Pavla Fatidis was telling us the story of a guy who looked at a global need in global markets and then he looked at South Africa and said, hold on a second, I can provide and I can service a global market from South Africa using South Africa as a research laboratory, if you like, and I can then sell my goods into a, a subculture worldwide, which is motorbike riders. The company is called X Culture, X K-U-L-C-H-A. Uh, the founder is Preston Van Beek. He's in studio with me this evening. If you hear leather moving, it's not because I'm riding on a horse uh, and it's a, not a saddle moving, but it's a, a very funky vintage leather jacket that you're wearing. It's not one of your range, though, is it, Preston? No, 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 it isn't, uh, Bruce, but it's something that we've salvaged. I have uh, an appreciation for well-made things, and often when I sort of look around for inspiration um, and I see things that have classical qualities... I kind of embrace that, you know, and that sort of idea sort of um, reflects in the product range that we're busy making at the moment as well. Uh, I mean, okay, you talk about things that are well-made, and people who love Harley-Davidson's know that they are extremely well-made motorbikes, and people are fans of these things all over the world. You looked at that particular segment of die-hard motorbike fans. Um, this was a couple of years ago, and you thought to yourself, I can service that die-hard motorcycle fraternity out of South Africa. Pavlo touched on your story six months ago. Tell us how it all started. Well, you know what, it, it actually started off um, as certain things do, just something crosses your path and you, you sort of aware that there is an opportunity and you actually sort of respond to it. Um, I did a fashion show about eight years ago and went to a motorcycle store to hire some accessories. The, 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 it was a very sort of creative theme and it was future punk warriors and we wanted to put boys in motocross boots and skirts. And Anyway, and out of that, I invited the guy that ran the store and, and to come to the show. And afterwards, he said to me, listen, your designs are so cool. If you could translate some of that into functional, practical motorcycle wear, there's definitely a market. And we were looking for an opportunity because the fashion market was very competitive with, at that stage, uh, the the doors, or, uh, well, it, in South Africa, with all the Chinese imports, it was mm. very hard to sort of put anything on the market to compete with all of that. Sure. And what I'd identified with the skills that I have, if... I can sort of put those skills towards, uh, direct them towards niche markets where you don't buy apparel uh, as a luxury item, but as an, es- an, es- uh, an essential. It's about protective gear, isn't it? I mean, know, it's got to look good and it's got to fit the culture and the subculture of, say, the Harley rider. But if it's not going to provide any protection when, sadly, one day the Harley rider comes off their bike, well, it's kind of pointless. Well, and it goes beyond that because the way that motorcycling has changed uh, over the last sort of, 10, I'd say a decade, 15 years, is once again, because of technology, it's become a lot more diverse and accessible uh, and uh, desirable for a lot of people that many years ago or previously wouldn't even have considered. And the Holly Davidson sort of uh, lifestyle is one example of that. But on the other hand, um, the commuting thing where people are sort of acknowledging um, the... Uh, time constraints of being stuck in traffic, etc., etc., and the the cost of fuel. Absolutely, uh, a lot of a lot more people are considering or are actually using motorcycles as an alternative mode of transport, yeah. more efficient. So the idea for us was that if more, if we can sort of direct our business towards encouraging more people to to feel safer on bikes and sort of uh, integrate it into an everyday lifestyle experience, that there's definitely an opportunity there. But you've also taken from going from sort of the fashion stuff, the subculture stuff, into creating protective gear more generally because you're diversifying this now into the adventure sport. 
sports market. And, and that is something which is growing in leaps and bounds, no well, pun intended. You, you know what? It's, it's, it's part of the exciting times that we live in. It's, it's very much part of the 21st century um, adrenaline age. Um, technology has become accessible to people on the street. Um, and that is also what, in, in to a large degree, has allowed us to develop our product range because technology that years ago was prohibitive because it was expensive or um, exclusive to big uh, government corp- uh, organizations like NASA or, or the mm. military is now available to, 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 to the average sort of smaller person like ourselves. And Do, that doesn't is, that make it increasingly competitive, though? And I suppose that's where building a brand is so absolutely important because if I can get a, a helmet, if I'm a skateboarder or if I'm a kite surfer or whatever the case is, um, if I can get it made in China, odds are I'm not going to really need it, but I kind of need to be seen to be wearing it. So I buy the cheaper one rather than perhaps the quality one. Uh, you know what? From our point of view, we've we've kind of uh, really made a decision and a commitment to developing things proudly South African. It's sometimes a little bit more difficult, um, but we feel that with the integrity that we've kind of invested in the brand. One, uh, let me give you an example. If you fall in one of our jeans, we invite you or the, you're welcome to send the jeans back to us. If we can't uh, fix those jeans, we replace them free of charge. So the idea of building a brand and sort of saying, well, there are cheaper options out there, but if you invest in something that has a proven track record, so it's about building trust. And I think that kind of for us has made the difference between guys looking for cheap alternatives. How how big a market have you got in South Africa? Is it it predominantly an export model that you follow? You know what? Because we're such a young company, um, there's still a lot of – uh, um, homework to be done and I kind of feel if you're going to make mistakes make them in your own backyard so by the time that you sort of in a position to take advantage of the opportunity to export you export product that holds its own in the international market so locally we've got a big percentage of the market but we feel there's still a, a little bit of time to go before we sort of brazenly step into the international arena and sort of um, uh, off our products against most of the other competitors but, but it's using this local market this small market to uh, as the laboratory effectively for for potential global expansion absolutely and also i think one of the big things you know that once we, when we started this whole thing we identified that most of the product in this particular area was inappropriate for the south african biking experience and there was a big sort of uh, uh, um aha moment for us in sort of saying that um, if it's if what we've identified has a particular value to the local market, we have an eight-month summer season, for instance, whereas Europe has an eight-month winter season. Yep. But there are com- countries all over the world that'll take that'll benefit from our sort of uh, climate experience. And so, if we can take that concept and trans for that into the international market, then I'm actually quite sure that there's, there's the, uh, half the world would, would actually embrace the product that we, we have to offer. You are sure. Um, have you tested the markets? Well, we've, we've started in a small way exporting. What's happened recently, guys that have actually come from, uh, 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 from overseas on sort of adventure trips contacted us, and we have, we have now sent our second consignment of goods to Austria, which I'm quite sort of pleased to say, and it seems to be going well. Where are the raw materials coming from? Because, I mean, this is high-tech mm. stuff. Um, is, there a, is there a manufacturing capacity in South Africa in terms of getting the, the right sort of fibers, the right sort of fabrics, the right sort of leathers, or does that all have to be imported? So you manufacture here 
and then head out potentially for an export market. We we have a very strong commitment to supporting the local economy and and sort of as I've said earlier, developing a proudly South African product. Some of the raw materials we use um, is highly specialised, and we can only source that from overseas. But as far as possible and as much as possible, we want to do business with local companies. And so most of those materials are actually available in South Africa. There we go. What a fascinating discussion. Preston von Vakey is the founder of a company called X Culture. Uh, Pablo Fatidi has introduced us to him a couple of months ago. And it's interesting to see how he does it. Do me a favor. Just rub that leather. There because I can, I can hear it. Listen to that. <laughs> this is only because it's, it's, it's a 40-year-old leather jacket that's yeah. about three millimeters, and it's just it's like second skin. Hey. Fantastic. It, uh, <laughs> well, it was somebody's skin at one point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Preston, thank you. Thanks very much for joining us. This thank evening. you very much, guys.